All right, what do we got here? You got the notes? Did you uh, do your do your part of the homework? I did the three teams. Looks good. Thank you. I did not uh, go Excellent. into as full detail, but I actually found some interesting things. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to that. And looks like you did not put it in the notes, so it'll be a surprise for me. <laughs> Come on now. Do you really want me to do it all the way? I guess that's what she said. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Two best of friends. I will drive down there to beat you. We were very cool in high school. Who think they know football. I just went on a really long tangent there about Brett Favre. I have to pay more attention to the Lions this year. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. OurLions.com. Pro fancy football. Pro football reference. ESPN. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We are diehard football fans that just want to talk football. The 2M Football Show starts now. Hello. Happy. Hey. Oh, you stole my line. Hey, Matt. Hey, Nation. Welcome into another episode of 2M Football. And Matthew, I think we need to start the day off or start off this episode by saying welcome back. I feel like we haven't recorded an episode since last year. Cricket, cricket, (laughs) cricket. We haven't. That's right. It's our first 2022 episode. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you are back feeling better uh, after you had to, we had to find some substitutes last week, which we were able to do luckily for, for a change, <laughs> but uh, nothing like the real thing. So glad you're feeling, feeling better and, and back to do the show. I am here. I am accounted for. I am going to be here 40% of the time. We're good. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't take any of Nick and Surio's uh, trash talk to heart from last week. I was heartbroken. I had to turn the episode off. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the the regular season is now behind us. We are a couple of days away as we record this from the beginning of the playoffs, and uh, so we're gonna we're going to go over the teams that got in today. We're going to uh, talk about a few of the games from Week 18. We're going to get into the, uh, this is going to now be a recurring segment, is the off-season news for the teams that did not make the playoffs, whose seasons are over. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, Also today, we're obviously going to preview the wild card and do our full playoff predictions. Uh, We filled out, you know, did a bracket, filling it out all the way to the Super Bowl. So we will also be revealing our Super Bowl winners. I'm excited. Big day. Big episode. So let's let's get started right off the bat with the biggest piece of news, which is, as tradition, the Monday after each NFL season ends, referred to as Black Monday for all the head coach firings. And there were a lot. I feel like half the league needs a new head coach right now. Which is amazing because there wasn't a lot of fanfare all season long. Right. Yeah. Feel like there weren't any real hot seats just uh you know lukewarm <laughs> seats throughout the year but uh yeah a lot of coaches lost their jobs on monday so let's just run through the list really quick in no particular order the broncos fired their coach head coach vic fangio along with offensive coordinator pat Shermer. uh not a huge surprise i guess as he'd been there several years the team hasn't been a playoff team and the offense particularly has struggled. Um, yeah, we won't go into too much depth. Uh, Minnesota Vikings fired Mike Zimmer, their head coach, and also their GM. A lot of GMs lost their jobs too. Some teams going full rebuild in the uh, front office. The Definitely. Bears, same thing with the Bears uh, as the Vikings. They fired their coach, Matt Nagy, which that was the one that we knew for sure was going to happen. <laughs> Uh, Matt Nagy and GM Ryan Pace both fired to, I think, the delight of most Bears fans, given the way the past uh, four or five years have gone. Yeah, I don't know. I think the draft pick of Mitchell Trubisky really doomed him and Pace, really. (laughs) That's what set this franchise back. The latest in a long line of quarterback uh, failures in Chicago. 
<laughs> this was the uh, the biggest surprise of the day. This made no sense. Yeah, the Dolphins fired Brian Flores, um, their head coach. Hey, Chicago. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I heard he's on the short list, their interview candidates. But, yeah, I was really surprised to see this. This one, there was absolutely no indication this might happen during the season. Remember last year, they were like a game away from making the playoffs. Uh, this year, obviously, they started out super disappointing, one in seven or whatever. But then they won seven in a row and eight of their last nine this year. Um, including a season sweep of the division rival Patriots. So I was pretty surprised to see this. Now, supposedly he wasn't very well liked in the locker room is what I'm hearing is, is that he didn't have good personal relationships with ownership and maybe some. Right. Cause Joe too. judge was better. <laughs> well, yeah. So this was going to be my biggest surprise of the day was that Joe judge was not fired by the New York giants, but they they fired him. They just waited till Tuesday. I don't know why. Toy with him. Yeah, make him think he's safe. Yeah. Actually, you know what I really think it was is that I think uh, backlash from fans for not firing him. There was probably so much pressure from the fans that they're like, "Okay, fine, we'll fire him." Well, <laughs> I know, like, as much as we don't like to talk about like uh, talk shows, like the sports talk shows, there was some comments made that like. <laughs> If you lose the players, you lose the fans, and you lose the team, like, you've lost your job. And it seems like Joe Judge just lost everyone. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I think that was all the head coaches. I think the Giants GM is also resigning or retiring or something. So, I mean, they've got yeah, a he long, wants out of that show. They've got a long road to uh, – I don't know how I feel that you said that I could take the head coaching job. In the Giants, <laughs> I meant it uh, mostly as a, um, a compliment to you. <laughs> I don't feel confident all of a sudden that that's true. Hey, you know, if Dan Campbell can walk <laughs> into a head coaching job with no prior experience, <laughs> you just got to be able to talk a good game, which I feel like that's one thing you can do. <laughs> I'll give you credit. Oh, well, thank you. All right, maybe I should apply. <laughs> um i think you might be happier in your current role <laughs> there's there's a lot of work to do to make the giants a relevant football team again uh, and then the the lions fired their offensive coordinator anthony lynn after just one season which uh, is quite the fall from grace getting fired from the chargers head coaching position last year and lands a coordinator job and fired from that this year so uh, that's a tough break. Yeah. However, the head coach candidates list looks fantastic. It's a long list. I don't know if I even got everyone here. Um, but let's yeah, just the important people. The mo- yeah. Obviously, headlining the list once again for what is this, the third year in a row? <laughs> Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs' offensive coordinator. Uh, you got Todd Bowles, the current Bucks' defensive coordinator who has prior head coaching experience. Uh, Brian DeBole of the Bills. He's their offensive coordinator, who obviously they've been a very good offense. He's done wonders with Josh Allen. And also the Bills are at risk of losing their defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, who's also on the short list of head coaching candidates. The Bills had the number one defense this year. And then uh, you've got Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers offensive coordinator. Uh, Aaron Rodgers speaks very highly of him, and obviously we've seen what their offense can do. Helps to have a (laughs) Hall of Fame quarterback like Rodgers, though. Yeah, that tends to leave a little bit of pressure. Speaking of Hall of Fame quarterbacks, uh, not because he was one, but because he also has one. (laughs) Byron Leftwich, the Buccaneers offensive coordinator. There, that's where you were going with that. (laughs) He's getting head coaching buzz. And then remember Doug Peterson? He kind of... Uh, yeah, he was a head coach. He was a head coach as recently as 2020. Uh, before he was fired from the Eagles, he took last year off, but he is back back in the mix. I think I heard the Bears were talking to him, which for some reason I can see that. That that makes sense to me in my head for, for whatever reason. You're an um, idiot. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Jury's still out on that. <laughs> nah, just kidding. <laughs> It's been downhill since uh, high school. Anyway, <laughs> another former head coach 
getting a buzz for that role again no. Dan Quinn after what he's done with the Cowboys defense as oh, their man. coordinator. Oh, geez. <laughs> you didn't want to believe that, but I did. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> I could do it. Although I heard he at least had already declined the uh, Jaguars interview offer. So maybe he's happy where he is. Um, but then I think there's a lot less pressure as a coordinator than a, a head coach. Right. Especially when you've got as much talent as the Cowboys have on their roster compared to uh, the Jaguars. No offense. Um, and then possibly the most intriguing name, which I saved for last, is Jim Harbaugh. Remember him? He used to coach the 49ers. He sure did. And everyone kind of hated him. And then he <laughs> he went to uh, went to Michigan, where he's Michigan. been head coach since 2014. And, uh, you know, been pretty successful there. And he has. It's funny. Been, up until they got uh, their current head coach, the 49ers were crap since uh, Harbaugh left. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, they were good under him. It just seemed like uh, everyone just seemed like he was kind of a dick. I don't know. <laughs> but um, he was effective that's what you can't argue with the results so we'll see if he comes back to the NFL Uh, apparently there's interest and he has confirmed he will at least entertain offers so I know I'm sure that wasn't the full list of of guys then obviously you've got Flores who is likely to get another job uh, maybe as a coach again maybe as a coordinator his I think his specialty with New England back in the day was defense right he was the defensive coordinator Yes, and that's after uh, of... Matt Patricia went to the yeah. Lions. Right. Yeah. Good call, and and that's been the the strength of the Dolphins the past few years. So you could see him returning to that kind of role too. And then yeah, so that's it for coaching news. The only other news I saw was that the Panthers have stated they are open to trading their star running back Christian McCaffrey this offseason. It's interesting. Um, I don't know what they would expect to get back for him. We've obviously seen what he can do on the field, but he's missed the majority of the games the last two years due to injuries. I still have a month of prep, and I cannot wait to start analyzing potential fantasy offseason stuff. Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) We'll we'll include that in an upcoming show, maybe talk about the... uh, You know, like recap the fantasy season, top 10, each position, biggest busts, and and stuff like that and then yeah it's after the crushing disappointment of not winning a fantasy championship um it's very real but it fades quickly and yeah i'm already thinking about next year too how am i going to avoid the mistakes that doomed me this year as i say you every won't <laughs> that's the most likely answer <laughs> all right matt that's it for news let's take a short break and come back for a brief week 18 recap brief And we're back. We are? Oh, yeah, we're back. We're back. I see the red light still blinking. <laughs> Let's talk. Uh, the first ever NFL Week 18. What? Um, with the expanded season this year. This was the final week of the regular season. And there were um, there were some very wild games. <laughs> Let's start with um, one of the first games of the day in the 12 o'clock window on Sunday. The Colts traveled to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars, needing only to beat the lowly two-win AFC South division rival to secure their spot in the playoffs. However, Carson Wentz had other plans. (laughs) Did he? Oh, my God. Everybody, here's my surprised face. (laughs) There were so many teams that um, that needed the Colts to lose this game to have a shot still and um i want to give kudos to nick who very confidently called this result on our show last week he was very sure that the jaguars would pull off the upset and they did in very convincing fashion (laughs) mostly on the defensive side where they sacked carson went six times uh they they sacked they strip sacked him recovered the fumble picked off picked him off man just a terrible performance from him when they when they needed him most uh, because the, the Jaguars were able to pretty well uh, shut down the run game. Yeah, Carson Wentz just sucks. <clears throat> He's bad. And they're stuck with him too. 
Eagles fans are uh, very happy with that trade, I would imagine, given they got a first-round pick out of it. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, the Colts obviously lost that pick. They're basically stuck with his contract. It's it's a bad situation. Um, but yeah, I was really surprised to see this during the broadcast. The Colts have lost six straight games in Jacksonville. They just can't seem Isn't to get it. Isn't it amazing that some teams have that Achilles heel that doesn't seem like it should be one, but it is? Yeah, right, because the Jaguars have been pretty bad and in most of recent memory. You know, outside yeah, of the AFC champion, the championship. The just program. can't seem to beat them. Right. No, not three in years now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not on the road, anyway. Oh, and the, the icing on this cake for the Jaguars. They get to build a little momentum going into the offseason. And despite the win, they still have the number one draft pick next year, thanks to the Lions also getting a surprise Week 18 victory over Green Bay. Was it a surprise? Yeah, I mean, they played their starters, at least for the first half. No, I was for surprised. the first quarter. Was it just a quarter? Okay, maybe it's not that surprising then. I was, I was surprised <laughs> for what it's worth. Absolutely nothing. Like you wake up in the morning and get surprised. Uh, I don't know how to respond <laughs> to that, so I'm just going to move on. <laughs> the Steelers beat the Ravens in overtime. Um. I don't have much on this game. Huntley started again for the injured Lamar Jackson. And this is another one. I feel, like, go. I feel like I keep jinxing players because I said last week that Huntley was playing okay. And he wasn't, he wasn't the reason they were losing games. Well, he had a terrible uh, game. <laughs> you know what? You said that about another player two weeks ago. How'd that work out? Uh, well, he immediately lost them a game, but Hey, that team's in the playoffs. So I'm not going to complain. Uh, yeah. So the Ravens lost even though they played well on defense, had a good game on the ground, but Huntley turned the ball over three times, only completed 50% of passes. Uh, not good enough. So the <laughs> Steelers got the win and ultimately snuck into the playoffs uh, thanks to a later result, which we'll get to uh, right now, actually. <laughs> oh! So our final week, uh, well, actually, it's not our final week because two of our playoff sleepers did, in fact, advance to the postseason. I can't believe it. I thought we were done with these crappy teams. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Which I forget what happened last year. I know neither of mine made it, uh, but the Cowboys did for you, right? I can't remember. Yeah, I thought they made it to the wild card. Yeah. Because that's when, like, the the East Division was like, I don't know, you could get in with a losing record last year. (laughs) That's true, yeah. Yeah. We were like, wow, an eight and eight team made it. Um, however, I have as little faith this year in the Cowboys offense as I did last year. We'll get to that shortly. Oh, wait, no, they didn't make it. The Washington football team won. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I can't even remember what happened yesterday, let alone a year ago. You woke up, you got surprised, and then you went to work. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget a couple hours of dealing with kids before that, before the sweet release of work. <laughs> anyway. The Raiders played the Chargers. I'll let you do this. This was the Sunday night game, the final game of the regular season. The Steelers were counting on this game, not ending in a tie for the, in order for them to make the playoffs. And yeah, apparently this, there was going to be some big, like, losses in the books, apparently, in the sportsbook world. Oh, if they if tied? Ended, yeah, if they tied. <clears throat> oh, um, man, it was so some, close. <laughs> there was some hubbub all about it that, like, they were sweating that it would be, like, the biggest – something or another that would have happened with the books if it tied and i'm like i guess that's one of the good things i don't truly understand i'll be the first one of it i don't truly understand like the spreads and all that stuff and that's mm. why i don't put money on it because <laughs> it makes no sense yeah um, man i was rooting so hard for this game to end in a tie and man we got so close <laughs> um and i think this is the game that knocked the chargers out of the postseason yeah, the winner of this game was going to get in, but there was that weird scenario where they would both get in with a tie, and then the Steelers would have been out in that case. Um, but here we are, the Raiders with a 35-32 overtime win. Raiders in overtime this year seems to be a thing. I know, I know. <laughs> I feel like they've had at least like four games. I could easily look. Um but it was amazing because the Chargers were slow right out of the gate, and they were down 10-0 quick. Um, however, Austin Eckler continues to prove why he is a phenomenal running back. 
scoring a few on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Raiders had it right before halftime, had a third and 23, and we're hoping to get the run back, uh, hoping to get the ball back. Uh, the Chargers were hoping that they would be able to get the ball back. Yeah. Um, but they, they ran a draw and they gained miraculously watching this clip. I don't know how that was exactly 23 <laughs> yards. Like, yeah, it was. Talk about knowing where the sticks needed to go. Followed by the most lucky play in, I don't know, sports history. <laughs> so you get exactly 23 yards to make it a first out. And then you mm-hmm. happen to get a 40 yard pass interference call to put you up first and goal like come on now this yeah. this game's not real i'll admit i was i mean i was rooting for the tie but i didn't really think it would happen so i was rooting hard for the chargers and it was just such a devastating stretch of two plays you know you go from third and 23 okay we're gonna get the ball back on a draw score to yeah you just give up a 20 exactly 23 yard run and then this pass interference was just brutal yeah obviously wow. set up a touchdown immediately so 17-14 at the half. Midway through the third, um, Chargers had a fourth and one on their own 18. And uh, Brandon Staley, to his credit, and I guess, you know what, it's, it's win or go home in this case. So <laughs> I, I think I can't – I got to admire the courage to go for it. He's been crazy all year in terms of going for it on fourth down. But what was so crazy about this one in particular was they were on their own 18-yard line, not the Raiders' 18, their own 18-yard line. And obviously the reason we're talking about it is because it did not pay off. <laughs> they ran it, got stuffed, and gave up the ball to uh, to LA LLV <laughs> Vegas in the red zone already. Um, luckily in this case, the defense held and not just gave up a field goal, but still that was a crazy, (laughs) crazy moment. And then from there, I mean, the game just went off the rails. (laughs) Saints and Falcons. Oh, wait, we're just going to skip the rest of this game. (laughs) I didn't see the second half of the game. So, oh, that's right. I was texting you all night. I'm like, Matt, are you okay? Are you seeing this? This is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Matt passed out and then woke up to a slew of text message going, nope. <laughs> I mean, yeah, long story short, Chargers tied it right at, with five seconds left. Last play of, the, of regulation through a touchdown pass after converting a bunch of fourth and tens. They tie it. They get to overtime. They trade field goals. You think it's going to happen. We're going for a tie. Um, but right at the end, the Raiders kicked a field goal. Uh, in overtime to seal the victory and we won't we won't get into the the timeout heard around the world right now um <laughs> we'll just move Go on. on did you hear about this no so the raiders in overtime with under a minute left in overtime they were tied raiders had a third and four right around midfield and uh, they, they had run two straight running plays. It seemed like maybe maybe they were going to be content to run out the clock. Um, but the Chargers called a timeout on that third and four with like 30 seconds left. Apparently because they didn't, they were expecting another run, but they didn't have the right personnel on the field. So Brandon Staley calls timeout. They get, in theory, the defense they wanted on the field to defend the run. It is a running play, but they still give up you know, 15 yards on third and four, a running play. And uh, it was after that that the Raiders ended up kicking the field goal. There is speculation that if Brandon Staley had not called that timeout, they might have just run out the clock and ended it in tie. But since he called the timeout, they had time to regroup, got the big run that put them into field goal range. Maybe that was the only reason they did kick the field goal and win. Maybe they were playing for the tie. Um, but anyway, we'll never know. Chargers season is over. Raiders move on. That's an interesting analysis of that. That's really weird. Yeah, it, it, it was weird. Uh, yeah, Saints beat the Falcons, but it didn't matter because San Francisco also won, which let's briefly, briefly discuss. Uh, the 49ers played the Rams in a game that they had to have in order to make the playoffs. Garoppolo did get the start. And this game started out about as bad as it could have. It was 17 nothing uh, in the second quarter. Niners didn't score until just before halftime. They got a field goal to get on the board at least. 
fast forward into the second half. They they tied it up with a couple of nice drives. Debo Samuel is just incredible. He threw a touchdown pass in this game. He he really does it all for this offense. Yeah, he is like a gadget player for gadget players. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Where are we? This game ended up going to overtime. Oh, yeah. So they were down 24-17. Um, and Garoppolo, to his credit, you know, as much as, much as I've talked badly about him and just wanting to see Trey Lance, uh, Garoppolo led an incredible drive right at the end of the game, a touchdown drive, uh, largely leaning on Debo Samuel. And also Jawan Jennings had a monster game here, uh, another wide receiver for, on that team. And they scored a touchdown with just 30 seconds left to tie the game and force overtime. And the Niners won the toss, got the ball first in OT, drove all the way down the field, uh, through the air once again, uh, Garoppolo leaning on Juwan Jennings. And uh, But then I think they this is where Shanahan still doesn't fully trust Garoppolo because they got inside the 10-yard line. Obviously, in overtime, a touchdown would win it. Field goal would give the Rams a possession. But the play calling got really conservative inside the 10. Two straight runs and then a, a passing play to the flat that had absolutely no chance. Um, so they kicked a field goal, took a three-point lead in overtime. Rams got the ball, but then they picked off Stafford and got the win and made the playoffs. So uh, very exciting. We've got 49ers for me and the Raiders for you of our playoff sleeper picks are in the postseason. So congrats to us. <laughs> We're doing something kind of right, right? Maybe. Yeah, we've increased our sleep, our uh, sleeper from one team. To two. From, actually, from zero to two, because I look back and Dallas did not make the playoffs last year. Oh, well. It, so it, was, Washington. it was Washington won the division. Anyway, yeah, zero to two. Next year, we'll go four for four. Uh. <laughs> okay, other games really quick. The Chiefs beat the Broncos. Uh, but they still didn't get the number one seed because the Titans took care of their end of the deal. They beat the Texans, and the Titans clinched the one seed. Uh, we already talked about Colts, Jaguars, and that is it in terms of relevant games. So I feel like we're already running behind schedule. So we'll take another short break, then come back with our, our playoff preview. And we're back. We're back to M football and talking playoffs. And so where I thought we would start is we'll introduce the wildcard matchups and then briefly do a, what I was calling a team bio for each each team that's in the playoffs. Talk about Nothing you do is briefly. Uh, My notes are brief. <laughs> Let's start in the AFC where, uh, as I said, the Titans are the number one seed. They have the first round by. And uh, yeah, we'll talk through their how this season went for them briefly. Obviously, it went pretty well because they're the number one seed. <laughs> but they finished the season twelve and five, won the AFC South division, and they finished on a, a bit of a hot streak, winning four out of their last five. And that's been without Derrick Henry and AJ Brown for a lot of the season. Uh, Henry's been out since week eight. You know, of course, they're they're running back, all pro, oh, NFL leading really? rusher last year. You, you know him well in particular. Uh, A.J. Brown, their star receiver, has also missed four games this season. Julio Jones missed seven games, their big offseason acquisition. Uh, but all three of those guys are going to be back healthy for their next game. Maybe it's the first time they've all been on the field together. Since week one, probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, even without Derrick Henry, the team has been has made the ground game their focal point. They were the fifth-ranked rushing offense this season. And uh, the defense was great against the run. They were the second best running defense, uh, but they were a bottom 10 pass defense, which we knew would be a struggle for them with basically a completely overhauled secondary coming into this season. Uh, it's been the weak point of this defense. And they're just middle of the pack in terms of big plays on defense, sacks and takeaways. So... Yeah, it's going to be interesting. They have the week off, obviously, but we're going to see Derrick Henry back. And if he's able to do what, what he does best, then this offense is hard to stop. You know it. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how they utilize him, if they're still going to be the focus or if they're going to maybe 
make sure he makes it through all of the uh, postseason. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So moving on to the AFC wildcard matchups, you have the number two seed, the Chiefs, hosting the seven seed Steelers. And so starting with the Steelers, um, they finished the season nine and seven and one, which is good for second place in the AFC North. They kind of struggled through the season, but they did win three out of their last four games and just barely clinched a playoff spot thanks to the Chargers and Raiders not tying. Uh, this isn't a team that, you know, that we expect to go very far in the playoffs. The offense was terrible this year. Big Ben is just looks completely washed. You know, he's on his last legs. He's, he's basically said, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's explicitly said it, but he has strongly indicated he will be retiring after this year. And uh, the offense has been really bad bottom 10 in terms of yards per game. Uh, and just to put how bad they are into context, they average fewer yards per game on offense than the Lions, the Washington football team, and the Broncos, to name a few. Less That's than not the- a <laughs> tier of things you want to be in. Right, yeah, you don't want to be on the list with those guys. And uh, to be honest, the defense wasn't very good either. They're bottom 10 as well in terms of yards and points allowed. The one bright spot really has been T.J. Watt. Uh, he had an incredible year. I think was one sack away from setting a new record. Um, and the team led the league in sacks. So the pass rush is the one thing that works for this team. Also, Najee Harris is a stud at running back. But there's only so much you can do when your quarterback can only throw the ball three yards. On the other side of this I'm game. Sorry, you shouldn't laugh. What? I said, I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. No, it's okay. You should. The Chiefs will be laughing on... Sunday or Saturday, whichever day they're playing. <laughs> uh, the Chiefs are, Chiefs are 12 and five. They won the AFC West after kind of an iffy start to the season. I think they were right around 500, three and three, four and four. They were bottom of the AFC West at one point. That's right. That's right. Through like eight weeks, I think they were in last place in that division. But since week eight, they have been nine and one. And that one loss was to the Bengals, which filed it away in the back of your head for a little bit later. Oh, it's way back there. Uh, And it kind of started with Patrick Mahomes, who seemed to regress a little bit this year. Um, Easy to do after the insane numbers he's put up, you know, in the prior seasons. But he did throw more than double the number of interceptions from last year, just six in 2020, all the way up to 13 this year. And uh, one fewer touchdown pass, uh, despite playing an extra game. But, you know, he's still great, and especially later, along with the rest of the team, he's really come on strong to end the season. The offense as a whole ranked third in the NFL in yards per game, fourth in points per game. So still doing what they do. Uh, The defense is kind of another story. They've been really up and down this season. Defense for the Chiefs has always been a cause of concern because they've always had that bend but don't break mentality. Yeah. Yeah. This year it's been like, I don't know, it's it's week to week how they're gonna play. Right. They were breaking a lot <laughs> to start the season. I went back and looked at their game log. From weeks one to five, they were giving up 32 points a game. Uh, then they got good for a while. Weeks six to fourteen, just 13 points per game allowed. Uh, but then the final quarter of the season, they've given up 24 points per game since week 14. So pretty much a mixed bag. Uh, on the season overall, they've given up the eighth fewest points per game, averaging 21. And they have a lot of takeaways, 29 on the season, which is the fifth most in the league. Um, however, they're allowing the sixth most yards per game, and which speaks to how you said the bend but don't break mentality. And they're also not generating a lot of sacks, not getting a lot of pressure on the opposing quarterbacks. So, it, yeah, mixed bag. These teams met head-to-head just a few weeks ago, and the Chiefs spanked the Steelers 30-10. to 10. Did you do that on purpose? What do you mean? Do what? Nothing. It's fine. <laughs> okay. And uh, I guess we'll get into our predictions in a minute. Uh, next up in the AFC is the six-seed Patriots traveling to face, uh, for the third time this year, their division opponent, Buffalo Bills, who are the three-seed. Uh, so hey, this must, may this be the matchup of the AFC? 
It may be. I always love when division teams play each other for a third time in the season. That's always fun when they meet in the playoffs. I mean, I'm sick uh, that the Patriots are here again, but I mean, it's under. It's different this time. Yeah. (laughs) It's Mac Jones. Mm -hmm. It's Mac Jones, the rookie quarterback. Um, But he's not, uh, he's not really too much of this team's game plan. Really? Why is he only going to throw three passes? (laughs) We'll see how windy, how windy it is in in Buffalo this week. Um, But yeah, they were, the fourth best defense in terms of yards allowed per game with just 310 allowed second in points per game allowed just 17.8. They also forced a lot of turnovers with 30, uh, which was third most in the league, Uh, but their pass rush was uh, not great. And on offense, it's mostly about the ground game. They had the eighth ranked rushing offense for the 126 ground yards per game between uh, really what turned into a two headed monster of Damian Harris and another rookie, Ramondre Stevenson, who have both been really good. If this team uh, is able to play the way they want to, they don't ask Mac Jones to do too much. But he's he's been pretty good. He's done a lot of poise for a rookie. He's not afraid to throw it. I think they just want him to be experienced with throwing it. And now is when you need decision making more than a cannon of an arm. Yeah, right. And so I mean, you can still... really lean on the run game here and limit the amount of decisions your quarterback can be. And then I think you have a much greater aptitude to win the game. Right. Put them in good situations. If you can run the team ball. Is not, the one thing about the Patriots, I will say, is they are not built to play from behind. Yeah, agreed on that. And as for their opponent, the Bills finished 11-6. and six. They won the AFC East. Uh, I don't know if I said it. The Patriots were just one game behind, finished 10-7 and seven in the division. And the Bills finished the season on a four-game win streak. They're another team that kind of like kind of like the Chiefs. They struggled for a portion of the season, but they're probably playing their best football right now. However, Josh Allen did come back down to earth a little bit after how amazing he was in 2020. He had fewer passing yards, fewer touchdowns, more interceptions. But on the flip side of that, um, his he's running the ball more effectively, almost double the amount of rushing yards from last season. And as a whole, this offense has been much more balanced. They've found a running game with Devin Singletary, who set his own personal career highs in yards, touchdowns, and catches. The the running back position is really sort of consolidated around him and, of course, what Allen does with his legs. They had the third-ranked offense in points per game, averaging 28. And uh, the defense was incredible. They had the number one defense in terms of both yards a game, yards per game allowed, just 272, and points allowed per game, just 17. And I think uh, similar numbers to the Patriots, they had 30 takeaways, which was the exact same. And they were uh, 11th in team sacks with 42. So not great, but still uh, serviceable up there. Yeah, serviceable. And being in the division, of course, they played each other twice already this season, they, which they split those games. Uh, the Patriots won the what? Uh, they won the Wind Bowl, fifty mile an hour winds, where Mac Jones only threw three passes. Uh, Patriots won that game fourteen to ten back in Week thirteen, but then the Bills uh, kind of returned the favor in Week sixteen in the, in Foxborough, beating the Patriots 33-21 in a much more normal weathered game. And uh, yeah, as you see, the the defenses are similar. They're both really good, but the uh, the Bills have more firepower on offense. The final AFC matchup is the five seed Raiders taking on the four seed Bengals in Cincinnati. I Matt's... wish this game would be more exciting than what it seems like. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, Matt's Raiders finished the season 10 and seven second place in the AFC West. And they also ended the, uh, just like the bills, they ended the season on a four game win streak and all of those wins were by four points or fewer. Yeah. We like to cut it close. Yeah. (laughs) And really all year, this team has been streaky. Remember they started out so strong. Um, They, they had shockingly strong three game win streak early in the season. Um. And they are, yeah, they're on a four-game win streak now. But in between there, they've had a three-game losing streak where it looked like their season was all but over. And they've been through a lot this year. Uh, between John Gruden, their coach resigning, the Henry Ruggs situation, 
They haven't had Darren Waller, their top, uh, one of their top receiving targets for most of the year, although he has returned. Despite all that, they managed to rank 11th in offense in terms of yards per game, uh, 18th in points, averaging 22 points a game. Uh, the defense, not great, allowing uh, the seventh most in the league with 26 points per game. And they have the worst turnover differential of any playoff team at negative nine, which means, you know, they've turned it over nine more times than they've forced a turnover. There you go. They've been, I think they've been getting through games. That's how you win games. Pure grit and scrap. <laughs> Scrappiness. And I think Hunter, no one embodies that more than Hunter Renfro, uh, the slot receiver who is. I am become, so happy that he's yeah. like doing so well, but That's awesome. yeah. I can't, Against the Bengals and the firepower and just the completeness of their team, this is exciting, but i they're <laughs> going to get their hopes dashed. Speaking of those Bengals, they won the AFC North for, I think, uh, the first time since like 2009 or something at a 10-7 and 7 record. Uh, they swept both the Ravens and the Steelers in their division and uh, just beat the Chiefs a few weeks ago. And it's really been all about second-year quarterback Joe Burrow coming off the ACL tear that ended his season early last year. Uh, he's looking great. And also a rookie wide receiver, Jamar Chase, very much on the case. May that have been the best draft pick of the NFL? Uh, this past year, possibly. Yep. Let's go back and review it. But uh, yeah, he's made a strong uh, case for himself. They've had the seventh best passing offense and uh, seventh best offense in terms of points scored per game with 27. And there are just so many weapons on this offense that receiver, even before Chase came in, they had a strong one-two punch of uh, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, obviously adding in Chase to that mix has only made their passing game more lethal. And then you've got Joe Mixon running back. Mixon, like definitely seems to be a top 10 running back. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Burrow had a great end of the season with back-to-back games of where he threw for more than 440 pass yards with four touchdowns each. So they ended the season in great, uh, great form on offense, at least. The defensive side of things, everything was pretty average. The best, uh, the best weapon they have on that defense is Trey Hendrickson, the uh, defensive end they signed in the offseason. He set a new career high uh, for himself with 14 sacks. And he had a stretch of games like nine or 10 in a row where he had a sack in each one. So he's been dominant on the D-line. Other than that, not uh, not a whole lot to write home about. No, but this is a position where as long as the defense does its job, they don't have to be flashy. They don't have to be fancy. They just have to make stops when it counts. Right. Joe Burrow will do the rest. All right, switching over to the NFC. The Packers Ooh. are the one. Packers are the one seed. They finished 13 and four NFC North champions um, after kind of a weird off season where we didn't know if Rodgers is retiring, He's being traded, etc. <laughs> he came back another great year, 4,100 yards, 37 touchdowns, just four interceptions. They had a top 10 offense in yards and points per game. And it was a, a balanced attack like we've seen under uh, Matt LaFleur. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon providing a really nice one-two punch out of the backfield. Obviously, you've got And how awesome is it that we can finally say we have a running back tandem in Green Bay? Yeah, I mean, in previous years, didn't even have one running back we felt good about. (laughs) Now there's two. It is nice. And uh, the defense played pretty well, too. Uh, Top 10, at least. And they had uh, 26 takeaways, which was good. Top 10 as well. 39 sacks, which was middle of the pack. However, they are getting some key players back right as we get to the playoffs. Uh, guys like Jared Alexander, the top corners, Adarius Smith, the top pass rusher, and then David Bakhtiari, longtime stud offensive lineman, are all coming back into the lineup and will be, I assume, available for their um, divisional. Well, Bakhtiari did play some snaps uh, last week against Detroit. Uh, That's good played only part of the first quarter and then they pulled him when they pulled the rest of the uh, starters. Makes sense. Um, I think I saw Jair Alexander out there briefly, but I don't remember. I think Zedaria Smith just got activated this week. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you're right about that. See, I know a few facts here. You do. I like it. 
I'm not completely useless. <laughs> All right. So then in the wild card teams, the NFC, the seven seed Eagles travel to Tampa Bay, take on the two seed Buccaneers. So starting with the Eagles. Oh my God, the Bucs. They finished, Eagles finished nine and eight, second place in the NFC East. Uh, I would say Jalen Hurts showed some improvement in year two. Uh, however, the Eagles were all about the ground game. They led the league with 160 rushing yards per game. Uh, a lot of that was, a lot of that did come from Hertz, who uses his legs as well as anybody. And they actually had the eighth fewest passing yards per game, which is 200. And uh, on the defensive side of the ball, they were okay, but not great. Outside of Darius Slay, who had kind of an up and down first year in Philly. Uh, year two there, he's been having a really impressive season, made the Pro Bowl. Uh, looking really good. However, congratulations, Darius Slay. Yeah, former prove it player. However, on the whole, they don't make a lot of big plays. They had the second fewest sacks in the league, just 29 during the regular season, and just 16 takeaways. Uh, so, in terms of the Buccaneers, they finished the year 13 and four, won the NFC South, won seven out of their last eight games. Another year, another great year for the ageless wonder, Tom Brady. Uh, they had the second best offense with 400 yards per game and 30 points per game and uh, fifth best defense too, allowing just 20 points a game, especially good against the run, but not so much against the pass. And they were up there in terms of sacks and takeaways too. So just all around really solid team, but I think their biggest issue is uh, injuries. Obviously um, Chris Godwin has been out a few weeks already. He's not coming back this year. Mike Evans has been kind of banged up. Antonio Brown is no longer part of the team. <laughs> Leonard Fournette has been on IR, but I think I actually saw he got activated today, so so he might be coming back. But even with him in the mix, they've lost, you know, two of their arguably their top two receivers are gone, and the last one standing is banged up. So I think that's my biggest concern for the Buccaneers. The 49ers, the sixth seed, are taking on the Cowboys, the number three seed. Niners finished up 10 and seven, third place in the NFC West, but still made the playoffs. They're the third team from that division to do so. Um, they had some big games this year. They actually swept the Rams, which is pretty impressive. And they had other notable wins over the Bengals and Eagles throughout the season. Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, played well enough to hold off Trey Lance all year. But this team runs through one man, and that man is named Debo Samuel. He oh led the God. team. The Swiss with, Army knife of the team. Seriously, he led the team in rushing touchdowns with eight and receiving touchdowns with six. He even threw a touchdown in week 18. Had 1,800 yards from scrimmage all combined. And uh, was just amazing. I was surprised how high their offense ranked. They actually averaged the seventh most yards per game with 375. Uh, more middle of the pack in points, just 25 a game. And uh, their defense was really good too. Third best in yards allowed, 10th in points allowed. Nice. With a healthy number of sacks, just okay-ish in terms of takeaways. So overall, it's a pretty solid, solid group, I would say. And this is where I turn things over to you because I ran out. Of I got three teams to talk about. I gave you briefly some homework. Yeah. Yeah. Briefly. I trust you to actually be brief. So tell us about the Cowboys. I'm actually good at this part because of my terrible notes. All right. So first one up Dallas uh, record 12 and five um, playing the 49ers. Um, and they are actually favored over the 49ers. Ironically, this is a cool statistic because when you do the math, it averages out to be the same. But did you know with the number one ranked offense, they also average just over 407 yards per game. And they are only separated by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by 15 yards. Oh, wow. On the season. Very close. Um, so that tells you the firepower that is on the, these offenses. Uh, however, they had a 19th-ranked defense, giving up 351 yards per game, and a fifth-ranked special teams. Um, however, where their shining point has been in turnovers. They are number one in turnovers with 26 interceptions and eight forced fumbles. For me, the biggest question on this team is its offense, which sounds surprising because they were number one, mm -hmm. but they have a lot of questions. Um, 
Tyron Smith was just activated off the COVID-19 reserve list on Wednesday. Um, Sean McKeon, one of their tight ends, is listed as questionable. Um, Michael Gallup is out. Ezekiel Elliott has been uh, battling some injuries, being banged up yeah. with questionable ankle. Don't even um, talk to me Tony about Pollard's me. been banged up, as well as I saw something on um, Dak Prescott and his shoulder or his knee, one of the two. Oh, yeah, that's the only that's what I was going to say. Dak has been kind of he's been the one kind of struggling lately, you know, outside of that five touchdown domination of the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, besides that one thing. Um, (laughs) so with 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 him I mean this offense has the ability to be potent and to be big and be powerful but it can just as easily be fizzled out Um, I feel like they're going to do well over the 49ers but we can get to that in a minute yep (laughs) Uh, next team is the Cardinals which is the fifth fifth seed with a record of 11 and 6 uh, a team that looked promise and amazingly not too long ago was the number one seed and then almost fell out of the postseason race completely. Um, they had an eighth ranked offense putting up uh, 373 yards per game, an 11th ranked defense giving up 329 yards per game. Um, but where they super struggled is they were 20th overall in special teams. They were fourth in turnovers uh, with 13 interceptions and 14 forced fumbles. The big thing for me, ironically, this is a theme through the three teams you give me, I didn't know at first, is the <laughs> offense again. Yeah. Um, they are well, one for yeah. five of their last games, or one in five in their last games, with their only win coming against, ironically, Dallas. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've DeAndre Hopkins, top receiver, has been out for a while, may or may not return, even if they make it all the way to the, you know, to the Super Bowl. So that's hurts. I think James Conner has been out, who is such a dynamic running back addition for them. And, and yeah, Kyler has struggled as a result. Um, they have the ability to explode as do any of these teams more than any of these teams, but it begins to wonder if losing Hopkins really is losing the offensive firepower this team needs. Um, but they have Edmonds back. Um so there's some light there. He's been a big focal point since his return to steadiness in that on that team. Mm-hmm. But they do raise plenty of questions. Another team that had questions throughout the season at some point was our four-seeded Rams. Um, personal favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were 12 and 5 with a ninth-ranked offense, putting up 372 yards per game, 17th-ranked defense, giving up 344. Uh, 23rd ranked special teams. They were 13th overall in turnovers with 19 interceptions and six forced fumbles. My big question, ironically, was one of their big improvements in the offseason, and that's that quarterback. Yeah, Matt Stafford. Um, it's nothing against Matt Stafford, but the king of pick six. <laughs> now is not the time to have them, my friend. Um. I've, we've seen OBJ get way more integrated in this line and become a big focal point. You have the triple crown winner himself, uh, Cooper, the all-star stud cup. Yep. Um, you've got a, a defense that has been become more stout um, in the past few weeks, but Stafford, bro, the ball goes to your teammate, not the opponent. That tends to be a little helpful here. Yeah, yeah, I'm such a big Matt Stafford fan, uh, but it, the interceptions have been concerning. He actually threw more interceptions this year than any year since 2013 with the Lions, with 17 picks on the season. Uh, com- of course, compared to 41 touchdowns, which tied his previous career high. But still, the yeah, interceptions, well, yeah. 17 of them, four of which were returned for touchdowns. He's had some really bad games. And, uh, yeah, obviously in the playoffs in the NFL, it's one and done. So can't afford to do that anymore. <laughs> no, as long as they stay focused and they give Stafford the time and he just looks for Cooper Cup, I think they're fine. Cool. So all that being said, thank you for assisting me with the research. Let's, uh, that was the most research I've done for any episode recently. <laughs> It was exhausting. That's the most research I've done in my life. <laughs> I believe it. I believe that to be a fact. Uh, let's let's make our full uh, playoff picks really quick. 
and we sure. won't we won't dive deep into any analysis here. Um, but let's start in the AFC again. Flip back over there, and I'll just do mine, and then you can do yours, and then we will. Oh, fine, uh, sure. Yeah, first, it's fine. Go ahead. I figured you needed a break from all the talking and thinking. So that was a whole forty-five minutes of looking up stuff, <laughs> and that's all I came up with. Hey, that was good. Thank you. Uh, okay, so AFC, our wild card matchups: Raiders, Bengals, Patriots, Bills, and Steelers, Chiefs. I have the Chiefs beating the Steelers, the Bengals beating the Raiders, and the only upset I have here is I actually took the Patriots to beat the Bills. Oh my God, this is weird. And uh, so with those three winners, that would make the divisional matchups. The Patriots as the lowest remaining seed would travel to take on the Titans and the Bengals would travel to take on the Chiefs as uh, which like I remember earlier when I said to remember that the Bengals just beat the Chiefs a few weeks ago. I'm actually taking the Bengals to pull the upset again and beat the Chiefs and I'm taking the Patriots to beat the Titans as they did earlier this season as well so that would make the afc championship game patriots at Bengals, where i'm taking the Bengals to win and be the champion of the afc so give me your afc so my bracket breakdown is i also have kansas city new england and Cincinnati winning. Oh, I swear we didn't compare notes before. Actually, you could have totally looked at the notes because I put mine in there. <laughs> I'm going to trust that you didn't. Notes. Come on now. I, that's true. That's true. I know that by now. You never look. That's so good. So you know it's honest. <laughs> um, and then I have, you know, we have the Patriots at the Titans, Bengals at Chiefs, but I have in the AFC, I actually have the... Patriots and the Chiefs coming together. Ooh, spicy. And I have the Chiefs taking the AFC. Okay, cool. So you got the Chiefs in the AFC. I got the Bengals. So now flipping over to the NFC, the wildcard matchups, Eagles at Bucks, 49ers at Cowboys, and Cardinals at Rams. I'm taking the Bucks to beat the Eagles. And uh, this is my one upset of the NFC. I'm taking the 49ers to actually beat the Dallas Cowboys. And then, of course, the uh, Rams to beat the Cardinals. So if that were to happen, the divisional matchups would be 49ers at Packers and then Rams at Bucks, where I'm taking the Packers to beat the Niners, get a little revenge from last year's NFC championship game. And, and then I'm, I'm taking the Rams on the road, beating the Buccaneers which would make the NFC championship game Rams at Packers. And I'm taking the Packers there. I have everything the same except for one team. <laughs> no way. This is weird. What, what's the one difference? I have Dallas beating the 49ers. Mm, okay. The Packers beat Dallas and then Rams Packers NFC with the Packers going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm with you there. So you've got Chiefs Packers Super Bowl. I have Bengals Packers. And uh, so I'm taking the Packers to win the Super Bowl. How about you? Uh, I have to. Yeah. <laughs> I have to. Fun fact if that were to take place, I think Chiefs Packers was the matchup in the very first ever Super Bowl. Ooh. <laughs> So uh, um, I like it. I definitely feel like this, the NFC championship game with between Rams and Packers is going to be one for the ages. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like we're destined for that matchup. The AFC is much more of a mystery to me. I'm way less confident in any of those. Well, picks. just look at what it, week 17 or 18 this year, what it took to finally decide it. Like right. yeah. the NFC was figured out two weeks ago, like by the end of week 16, like, everything was locked in for the most part, except for like the seventh seed. Right. But for the AFC, it was like a roulette wheel. Because <laughs> like, all it took yeah. was, you know, like in that case, can you imagine if it was a tie, that whole picture would look different. Right. I mean, I think there were still like 
five more teams alive in the AFC playoff race. And it just came down to two in the NFC, the, the Saints and the Niners. So it, it's much more of a crapshoot. I can't wait. Uh, Matt, thank you for, well, glad to have you back. Thanks for accommodating my schedule once again. We will uh, leave it there. And of look course, forward, look forward to Super Wildcard Weekend. Super Wildcard Weekend. We'll be back with you next week to recap it all and continue our off-season coverage and playoff coverage. Woo-hoo. Playoffs are here, baby. Playoffs. You know, I had to make that stupid joke at least once. All right. Playoffs. <laughs> Thank you. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.